KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. From its first breath, Waves announces itself as a vibrant piece of cinema. Welcome back to another edition of listener-supported KPBS Cinema Junkie podcast. I'm Beth Accomando. This is the time of year when Hollywood studios serve up their Oscar hopefuls. But a small indie film called Waves outshines most of these bigger releases. A dynamic soundtrack sets the film in motion as oversaturated, dizzying images from cinematographer Drew Daniels and colorist Damien van der Krusen convey a ravenous energy that drives us forward into the lives of the characters. And orchestrating sound, image, and the performances is director Trey Edward Schultz. Waves looks to the upper middle class South Florida Williams family that includes high school senior Tyler, who has a bright future, his sister Emily, his demanding but well-intentioned father Ronald, and his loving mom Catherine. The film opens with Tyler on top of the world. The camera can't seem to keep pace with him as it takes us through his classrooms, wrestling practice, family life, and love interest. The camera spins and tracks as we take in the details of his world. The pace and the intensity of the film pick up and build to a crescendo that leads to tragedy. And then the tone and focus abruptly shift to Tyler's sister. If the first half of the film is about crashing and burning, the second half is about healing. The film takes us on a journey as the Williams experience loss and tragedy and then try to move toward forgiveness and rebuilding. It's a familiar story, yet it's told in bold, fresh cinematic language. The film eschews a conventional narrative in favor of sweeping you up in emotional waves, first violent and then soothing, that define the characters and determine their fates. At a time when much of Hollywood's award hopefuls feel familiar in their storytelling, it's refreshing to find films like Waves and the upcoming A Hidden Life from Terrence Malick that speak in an audaciously cinematic language that's pure visual poetry. Waves director Trey Edward Schultz grabbed my attention two years ago for It Comes at Night, an unconventional horror film that was poorly served by its misleading ad campaign. I think that Will and I should be the only ones who go outside for a while. We don't know what made Stanley sick. We don't know anything. Nobody touched him, so I think we're fine, right? Positive. You just opened the door, right? You didn't go in. I didn't touch the door. You didn't what? It was, it was already open. What? The door was already open when you got there? Yeah. Then who opened it? There's a saying that you can't judge a book by its cover. Well, you also can't judge a film by its ad campaign. This trailer ends in a stereotypical rapid horror montage cut to a pulsating soundtrack. And that created false expectations for the film when it opened in 2017. It also prompted some to leave the preview screening I was at, frustrated and even angry that they didn't get a more conventionally scary film. 
all movies, but especially horror films, have to contend with the fact that movie marketing places a huge set of expectations on them. Films like It Follows and The Witch had the heavy burden of having to live up to ad campaigns that proclaimed them the scariest films you would ever see. No film can live up to that because it sets the bar too high. People have to come in and discover whether or not a film is the most terrifying thing they've ever seen. When a film is promoted with such hyperbole, people tend to go in with high expectations and a kind of a, oh yeah, prove it attitude that can result in them leaving the cinema disappointed. I had the opportunity to speak to Schultz back in 2017 when It Comes at Night opened. We got to talk a little bit about that ad campaign, plus about filmmaking in general. I'll take a quick break and then be back with my archive interview with filmmaker Trey Edward Schultz. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team, Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. So tell me about It Comes at Night. Where did the idea for this story uh, initially come from? Well, I had a rough relationship with my biological dad. Our relationship was cut off for 10 years. He had pancreatic cancer, and I went to him on his deathbed, and he was so full of regret and did not want to let go. And um, I was just trying to help him find peace. And uh, it was one of, the, you know, one of the most traumatic things I've ever gone through. And two months after that, I started writing. You know, in hindsight, I see it obviously as a as an act of grief. You know, I'm a movie guy. I love movies, so I think I was processing my grief through this, and it started with that opening scene of what Sarah says to her dad, and then it goes into a totally fictional narrative. It's essentially about what my head was about and what I was thinking about was on my mind. Well, it's interesting because I was thinking that this film ties into your other one, Krisha. I mean, it seems like you're yeah. interested in these family dynamics. Like that seems to be kind of the the thing that hooks you in and that, that is the strongest element in your films. Yes, definitely. And it's not necessarily a conscious thing per se. It's just what I'm naturally drawn to, you know. And, you know, I think we all know family is a universal thing that's, I think, infinitely fascinating and you could explore so many different aspects of it. Now, It Comes at Night isn't really overtly horror. So do you yeah. do you consider it a horror film? Is horror a genre that you're interested in? Sure. But I, I mean, I, I'm not like a horror expert. I just love movies and I love good movies, whether that happens to be a horror movie or another movie. And when I approached this movie, it wasn't like, this is my version of a horror movie. It is just what came out of me. And it was, uh, it started with that personal place and it all connected to this thing. And as I approached it through every step, it, the intent was never to like make this as scary as possible or anything. It was just to tell this story and tell it in a way that felt right to me. Well, what's interesting is I think your other film is definitely not a horror film. However, there are like sure. horrific elements in terms of how people sometimes can treat each other. And it seems like that gets... Yeah. Um, expanded to a certain degree in this film. Yeah, I think so, for sure. And I know I wrote them both around a similar time. So to me, they're meshed together and they could even be seen as companion pieces in different ways, even in different ways. But I'm sure some people will like one and not the other or whatever. But um, to me, they're all interconnected. 
Um, and I think they're both sort of, they're both sort of like confrontations, but confrontations with different things. And they're both kind of dark and intense, but hopefully the positive being they're bringing something to light that just should be on our minds to talk about, you know? Mm-hmm. Because this is for radio, I can't show people visually what your film looks like. Sure. So talk a little bit about the visual style and how you wanted the film to look and, and kind of the mood you wanted to create with the, the visuals and the cinematography. Yeah, well, the biggest thing that jumps out right away is night. You know, night is in the title of the film, and we wanted to truly feel night, you know, in the fear of fear of the unknown. Like, if you just walk through your house with a flashlight with all the lights off, it's scary. The darkness around you is scary, or if you go outside in the woods especially. And that was really important. It also gets to what I think the movie is really about, about fear of the unknown. So we wanted to bring that to um, our film grammar as well. And past that, you know, I, I think the movie has a a somber tone, but also maybe something full of dread and tense. And, um, you know, that's kind of our approach. And past that, too, we kind of wanted, with our camera and everything else, uh, a bit of a subtlety to where you're just enveloped in the movie, you know, and you're enveloped in this thing. Well, you mentioned the forest and darkness because uh, recently the witch also had this sense of that what they call like country black, where it's like it's that darkness sure. that really you can't like it's almost a tangible quantity, like you could touch it. It's so dark. Totally, totally. And that that's what we wanted. That's what we wanted to convey. And like it, you know, if you just know, if you go outside in that in the middle of nowhere with a flashlight and, and what you can't see around you, I I just think it's terrifying and it's it's fascinating to me. Well, your film also gets to something else, which I think is what I love about good horror films. And it's not so much the scary things that are external and outside as the scary things that are inside us and kind of looking into the darkness within. Certainly, certainly. Even to where, you know, I think I think uh, the story is Travis's story. This uh, this 17 year old growing up and I think, you know terrible times, a terrible circumstance. And throughout the film, he kind of has these nightmares that, to me, past being scary or anything, I think they draw us closer to what's going on in his subconscious, you know, and what he's battling with and what he's contending with. And um, I'm certainly fascinated by that. I'm less fascinated with a monster uh, or some external force and more with what it does to the people and what's going on inside. And even if it is you know, uh, horror movies I love, like uh, The Thing or The Shining or Night of the Living Dead or something. It's, for me, um, personally, I, you know, I don't love as much, like I don't love the monster or the ghost or the zombies, but I love what it does to the people and the power dynamics or the fear or the paranoia or however you approach it or a family unraveling. Um, And I got really excited about the idea of these two families, you know, these two tribes in, in one house. Uh, this like microcosm of their little society and trying to coexist um, and seeing what happens in those circumstances and how quick and easy, just like fear and the unknown and uncertainty can spread and kind of infiltrate them like a disease and tear them apart. Like that, that, that was kind of fascinating to me. Okay. Tell us everything that happened. Andrew was in grandpa's room and he was having a nightmare. So I woke him up and I brought him to your room. 
Then I went to the back hallway, saw the door open, heard something, and then I woke everyone up. Andrew is in the other room. Yes. Is that your baby? I don't, I can't remember. Did you see Stanley last night? I can't remember. Andrew, think real hard and tell mommy what you remember. I can't remember. How can you not remember? Does he sleepwalk? No, he doesn't sleepwalk. This doesn't make any sense, because Andrew is barely tall enough to reach those locks. You're, you're positive that the door is already open? Yes. How can you be positive? It was the middle of the night, you could have been half asleep. He said he was sure. I was wide awake, I'm, I'm positive. Look, I'm not I, saying maybe... you're lying, Travis. I'm just saying it was the middle of the night. Maybe you're not remembering correctly. I know what I saw. I'm sorry, but the door was open before All I right, got there. I'm, I'm not gonna jump to any conclusions, but... Just to be safe, I think that we all shouldn't interact for a day or so. Dad, I'm sure it's fine. Listen, I'm just taking proper precautions, okay? That was a scene from It Comes at Night. I'll take one more quick break and then be back with the rest of my 2017 interview with Trey Edward Schultz. His new film is Waves. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team, Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. You said you weren't like specifically a big fan of horror, but the things you're talking about, the darkness and fear and the unknown, are you by any chance a, a fan of H.P. Lovecraft? Because that seems very kind of the core of a lot of his writing. I'm sure I would be. I, I haven't <laughs> checked any of it out, but it sounds like I would. <laughs> I am curious about the advertising campaign for the film because yeah. I went to a screening of mostly horror fans who had come to see it. And there were some people who were, like, angry at the end of the film, going like, you know, this wasn't the scariest film. This didn't have to do with the supernatural. And they, like, kind of stormed out, which is a similar thing that happened with films like It Follows and The Witch. Like, people come in with a certain set of expectations based on, like, the advertising campaign. So how do you feel about that? Do you feel that it, it, it might set people up for with different expectations than what the film actually delivers? I do. And I feel, you know, like I'm not in control of the marketing and I can't manage that. And a sad thing is the time we're living in, you have, you know, it's like only certain things get people into the theaters, I guess, you know, and it's, it's really tough to get people to see movies nowadays. So I would assume that's part of why you have to do something like that. For me, what I say is I say, come at this with an open mind. You know, I, mean, I, I wish people could just see it without seeing trailers, but that's not the world we live in. Um, but it's not a conventional horror movie, and it was never meant to be that way. Um, it was never meant to be that way. And um, just be open to it, you know. I think this movie has a lot on its mind, and it's thoughtful. Um, and just because uh, whatever, if you have preconceived notions, if it's different than that, that doesn't have to be a bad thing. That can be a really great thing. And I hope people see it that weren't going to see it, but then um, instead of being frustrated, they're excited. You know, that that could be incredible. Well, I really, I mean, I think horror films today have, uh, especially serious horror films, films that kind of take the genre seriously, uh, I think it's really yeah. difficult for them because a lot of times ad campaigns will say, like, the scariest film you'll ever see for, like, It Follows or The Witch. I know. 
And that's a huge burden <laughs> to put on a movie. I know, right? Well, it's funny. I just realized, even, like, look at The Shining. When The Shining came out, it was being marketed as the scariest movie of all time and, like, from Kubrick and everything. And then it came out and people were like, what is this? And I think it was, it was yeah, I, I, I don't know for a fact. It's just what I read. But it seemed polarizing and not what people expected. But, you know, with time, people came back to it with a more open mind and look what it is now. So I don't know. It's it's weird. <laughs> well, I do see your film fitting in with this recent crop of films like It Follows and The Witch, sure. which they seem to be more about this sense of dread as opposed to yes. overt horror. And it's something that I yes. love in films, but I think a, there there's a segment of the population that doesn't quite know how to deal with that kind of atmospheric kind of horror when they're used to seeing Saw. Totally, totally. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would say you're certainly right. And, like, I I love those movies. And um, the the horror movies I draw from are much more in that vein. I don't know, you know. All I know is I take this story very very seriously. You know, it's not... I didn't try to make a movie just to scare you or whatever. It's like, I really care about this story, these characters, and I care about what this film is about. I think there's, there's a lot there, you know, and I, and I hope people get that. Well, what your film does well, too, is that you develop these characters well. And I think one thing that a lot of contemporary horror sometimes falters at is that if you don't care about the characters, then it's hard to get scared because there's nothing at stake and with with these characters you open with that scene which is I mean there's I I don't think there's anything more traumatic that you can think of than having to kill a family member when both of you are conscious of what you're doing yep so talk a little bit just about the pacing and editing and how you wanted to build that tension yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a good. It's a good question. I just like a lot of that stuff. I approach intuitively, you know. And um, it's just, you know, it's how the story came out of me. And you know, talking about characters and like, I, I hope these feel like real human beings in a terrible situation, you know. And I don't think there's any bad guys per se in the film. They're all just people trying to uh, protect their family and then editing and pace and everything else. I just know what I like, you know, and I always saw this as like a kind of a chamber piece and there's two families in this house. And, and if this paranoia can infect that and the dread it instills and um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think patience and subtlety with that stuff, if you're game for it and you go with it can have a crazy unnerving effect. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I would say you gotta, you gotta see it with an open mind. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. And I sincerely hope that you do something else in the horror genre. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you dug the movie and that we could talk. That was filmmaker Trey Edward Schultz in a 2017 interview talking about his release, It Comes at Night. His new film is Waves. Cinema Junkie will be taking a holiday break and will be back with new episodes in January of next year. Till our next film fix, I'm Beth Accomando, your resident cinema junkie.
KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.